At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 29, and I'm going to read verse 18 in the Amplified. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. The, the, the New King James says the people cast off restraint. Where there's no redemptive revelation, there's no vision. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, enviable, is he. When you see in Scripture, in Old Testament teachings, when you see the word law, the law means the word. And so in the light of us embracing what this says here to us, and and the reason I like the Amplified so much is that, okay, what is vision? Can you have vision apart from the Word of God? I say no. Not true vision. You, you can't, you know, you know, true vision for your personal life comes when you're connected to true vision corporately in your life. In where you're connected, in the church that you're connected to. Where there's, when there's no vision, there's no connection. Without vision, there's not connection, and it has to be something that is ongoing. I want to give you the definitions I gave you last week of these two words, the word redemption and the word revelation. Redemption is acting to redeem someone, is, is, is to save someone from error or evil. Wrong thinking. The evil of the soul in the mind and the ways of thinking, it's to to redeem someone is to save them from that wrong thinking. The word revelation is the divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something relating to human existence or the world. How do we exist? How do we get along? It has to come from the revelation of the spiritual things. So there is no redemptive revelation. There is no vision apart from God's Word being revealed to your heart. Because we'll get off, we'll get confused, we'll begin to look at things, and, and, and eventually what will happen is you'll be talked out of things in your life. You can get enough of the Word just to be dangerous. But the enemy will work overtime bringing things across your path. It's kind of like I was talking about regarding the tithe. You know, everybody that's ever brought their challenge to me about why the tithe is Old Testament and it's not true, I'll listen to it. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be critical and, and, and come against people, but, but you're too late. You're way too late trying to convince me that the tithe isn't real. And it's the same way that anything else that I know and believe in the Word of God. If you can show me in the Word that something is wrong, then I'll believe it. But the whole passage I just read you out of Hebrews chapter 7 shows me, and it's where I put my faith in being a tither, and it's where I put my faith in concerning all the other promises of God's Word. That's why I can take a promise out of the Old Testament and I can, I can receive it in the light of the New Testament today because Jesus didn't do away with the Old Testament. He fulfilled it. He didn't do away with the Old Covenant. He fulfilled it. See? 
If tithing is under the law, and I'm not to be a tither, then I don't have to not murder you either. And I can do everything against the other Ten Commandments or the other 600 commandments that are all through the Bible. Then I, then I don't have to keep any of that stuff. Well, today, through the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't have to keep the tithe. I don't have to, be, I don't have to remain faithful to the tithe under the law. Now, I realize what the exchange that was involved with Abraham and Melchizedek. And it's the same way with anything else, and that's the importance of connection. Because when you're connected to the house, you won't be talked out of things in your life. And people can talk you out of it. People can talk you out of truth. Remember where Paul said, you must be connected and you must believe in those who teach you the word. You must believe in what they're teaching. You don't believe them as, as the Holy Spirit and as, you know, the ultimate truth. I mean, you know, there's things that I can teach or something that I could be off on. You've got to know for sure. Anything that I teach, you've got to go to the word with it. You've got to become convinced yourself. And that's why there's many people that have taught me the word, people that I respect, but there's sometimes things that they say, I don't believe it. I don't believe it because I've already been convinced, and why would I change something because someone else taught it? They taught something different. If it's right, if, it, if it's increase and it's adding to what I have, and I see greater revelation, that happens to me all the time. But if it's something taken away, mm -mm, I can't do that because I believe in whom I've heard the word from, and I believe in who God says that He is and, and what His word says is true. Amen? I believe that today. Because why? I have vision. I, have, I walk in redemptive revelation. How about you? Jeremiah 23 and verse 3. He said, But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. No fear, not dismayed, never lacking. No fear, never dismayed, never lacking. No fear, not dismayed, never lacking. Why? Because of your connection to the under-shepherd that's bringing the Word and then the Holy Spirit revealing that word and that word becoming real to you. That's the way God set it up. From Genesis to Revelation, we see that's the way God has set it up. First Timothy or First Kings 9 and verse 3. First Kings 9 and 3. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. What does perpetually mean? Ongoing. Never ending. My heart and my eyes will be on my house forever. First Kings, Old Testament. First Timothy, 3.15, New Testament. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. House Old Testament, his eyes and heart are on it. 
church New Testament, same house, but now it's the church. Jesus said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. That's what you have to be connected to is the church. Amen? Because God's eyes and His heart are on and in His house. That's where your connection has to be. You won't learn that anywhere else. You won't learn it anywhere else on the planet. That doesn't mean there's not other things that aren't important. Education's important. But you won't, in most educational institutions, you will not learn what I'm talking to you about today. I went to two different colleges. Well, I mean, I went through the 12th grade and then two different colleges in, in my growing up years. And, and in those two different colleges, they never talked to me about the church. Never. Taught me some good things, but never taught me about the church. This is where you get that. And this spiritual connection opens the door to all your natural connections. Matthew 16 and verse 17. I just quoted part of it. Jesus answered and He said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter and on this rock. And what is that rock? That rock is the rock of revelation knowledge. The rock of vision that comes from the Word of God being revealed in your heart. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Ephesians 4 and verse 4. Ephesians 4 and 4. There is one body and one spirit. Before I read that, um, before I read that verse 4 there, I want to read to you uh, Ephesians 1. If you can get that on the board, that's fine. I didn't give it to you earlier. Ephesians 1 and verse 22. Um, in verse, and this is, this is what happened through Christ Jesus. Actually, I'm going to back up uh, to verse 20. <clears throat> Paul prayed a prayer there in Ephesians 1 for the church, and he said, All of this is possible, the effectiveness of the prayers are possible because of what it says, starting with verse 20. Which he worked out in Christ, the Father did, when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. He put, the Father put, all things under his, big H, Jesus' feet, and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things, to the church, which is His body. Fullness of Him who fills all in all. Gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is the house. New Testament, it's the church. His eyes and His heart are on it, which is His body. Everybody say, I'm the body. I'm the body. Just lift your hands up right now and just say, I'm the body. I'm the body. Yeah, well, I'm the body, you're the body, we're the body. Right? says, he put all things under Jesus' feet, gave Jesus to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. 
Now, go back to the Ephesians 4.4. And it says, there is one body. Not a divided body. One, One of the main problems on planet earth today is this. That the body of Jesus Christ is separated. I saw one of the last, uh, let's see, one of the last polls that I saw, maybe it was a Gallup poll, and it said there were, I think the last poll, this may not be correct, but this is what I think it said. Six and a half billion people on the planet. Anybody know if that's right or not? Six and a half billion? I think that's right. Six and a half billion on the planet. And just under three billion, so that'd be over three billion that are not believers, but just under three billion believers. People that have professed, not just people that say they go to church, but people that have professed the Lord Jesus Christ. So close to half the planet is saved. (laughs) You know how many times in Scripture that Jesus said if if he could just find ten righteous. (laughs) We got to get together. We got to get connected. Watch this verse. There's one body. Many different groups and congregations of people. That's the way it should be. It's the way it was in the New Testament. It's the way it should be today. But only one body. Can you say amen to that? There's one spirit. Only one Holy Spirit. Not, not, a, not a plethora of different spirits. There's one spirit. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Jesus, His effectiveness on planet earth in the three and a half years of His ministry was not because He was the Son of God. It wasn't that He was the Word of God made the Son of God. That wasn't the reason for his effectiveness. His effectiveness was because of his connection to the Father. He only did what Father said. What if in the garden, when he began to experience what he experienced in the garden, he began to sweat drops of blood and began to experience taking on himself all of the sins the sicknesses, everything evil of mankind that had ever lived or ever will live, he began to take on himself. What if he would have gave in to how he felt? See, he was all God, but he was all man. Don't tell me for a second. I mean, you and I have had days when we had rough days and we found ourselves doing something against what we should do because our day was so rough. And Well, you know, I'm just tired and I just had a rough day. You don't know rough. 
Not when you take everything of all humanity on yourself. Father, if there be any other way, let let what's fixing to happen pass from me, but not my will. Yours be done. My goodness. What if he would have said, you know what? I know I've said this about the Father and all this kind of stuff and whatever, but I don't think I'm going to be able to handle this. Well, you and I wouldn't be sitting here today. Humanity would have annihilated itself. But the blood of Jesus set us free. Can you say amen? And there is one body, one spirit, one God. And that's what we have to be connected to. We have to fight on a daily basis to stay unified. We have to fight to stay unified to the vision, the redemptive revelation of God that we are receiving on a daily basis. If you're not connected to this body or a local body, if you're not connected to something where you are receiving on a a daily basis... And it's got to be things that are being preached that are growing you up. If you're not connected to that, then what happens, and and this happens so much of the time, is that the enemy will separate you from your destiny. Because your personal destiny is connected to your spiritual destiny. And when you're connected to what God is building. He said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. This congregation isn't my church. It's His church. We're involved in building what He's doing. Can you say amen? And when you're that way and you believe that, then you prosper. The blessing of the Lord comes on your life. You're a recipient of that blessing, that empowerment from God on a day-to-day basis. But we have to be, it's so important that we stay, we fight to stay unified to the vision. Unified to the redemptive revelation of God. Amen? I said this last week, I say this again. Your level of success in your worldly connections will be determined by your spiritual connections. The success of the natural connections that you have and you should have, you should be connected to things in the natural. But how effective those are will be determined on how you're connected spiritually. Because if you're not on a regular basis listening to teaching that is challenging you at every level of your life, then you'll become an authority unto yourself. And you're. That was just to make that point. <clears throat> and you are the worst authority for your life. You were not created to be in charge of your life, He was. And the only way for Him to be in charge of that is for you to connect with Him through the way He set it up. I'm building my church, which is his body. 
in the earth. No other way. No other way. His eyes and his heart are perpetually on his house, which is his church, which is his body. Perpetually. Can you say amen? Jesus said this in John 8 and verse 31. He said to those Jews who believed him, if you continue in my word, if you continue in the redemptive revelation, you are my disciples indeed, you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Can you say amen? That pretty much just kind of says it all. (laughs) If you continue in the word you're hearing preached, allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal that word to you personally, so you know personally what is His will and His plan for your life because of your connection to something that's bigger than you are, then you'll be set free all the days of your life. Everybody say, I'm free. I, I, I like saying that I'm free. I declare that over myself every day. I'm free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed, and I'm free. But I don't just want for 50 years to be speaking that. I want to live it. And I declare today, I'm living it. I'm living in that freedom in the name of Jesus. I love this verse of Scripture, James 4 and verse 6. And it says, But He gives more grace. Therefore, He says, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and He will flee from you. You notice in in that passage, you submit and you resist. So what you're doing in submitting to God, when you submit to God's plan and His way of operation, then you're giving God His way into your life. And man, that just takes time and persistence and consistency and be willing to fight for it. It just takes time. You submit to God. You're giving God His rightful place into your life. How do we do that? How do we submit to God? Through the teaching of the local congregation that we're connected to. We're connected to. It was the same way in the early church. It's the same way in this day and hour in which we live today. And, and I'm telling you, nobody believes this any more than your pastor believes this. That's why we're passionate about what we bring in God's Word on a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week basis in what we bring in the Word. It's not something just, just to throw out there. It's something that I've heard from God I'm delivering to you so the Holy Spirit can reveal it to you and that you know it personally yourself. Amen? <clears throat> so when I give God His rightful place over me, then I can take my place over the devil. When God has his rightful place, then I can step into my place. I resist the devil, and the devil flees. Can you say amen? The devil has to run from you when you're anointed by God because you're submitted to God. He has to run. And in these days and times in which we live in... um, And I, actually, I'm, I'm thinking, just for a moment, I was thinking about 
the passage of Scripture in, in Luke chapter 4 is one of the, one of the uh, places where it's written where Jesus was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And when it came time for the real challenge against his life, what did he speak? He spoke the word that for 33 years he had been receiving from the temple, the word that was taught him. He was submitted to his parents. He was submitted to the authorities of the day. And when he took over at 30 years old and took the reins of the anointing and operating in that anointing, he resisted the devil at every place. And after he was, after he was, uh, he came up out of the water right at the beginning of his earthly ministry. He was 40 days tempted by the enemy. And he shut him down. He resisted him because of what he had learned and what he knew. It wasn't because he was the son of God. It was because he was the anointed son of man that had learned and was in a place where he had information. He had redemptive revelation from God to be able to resist the devil, and the devil had to run. He looked for another opportunity. <laughs> that devil was looking for another opportunity for three and a half years. <laughs> Because he couldn't find one. At the end of his life, Jesus said, the devil has nothing in me. That's, where, that's what you and I are aspiring to, where the devil has nothing in us because of the renewing of our mind and the establishing of our lives on the truth of God's Word. Can you say amen? I just want to... I told you last week, if you didn't hear the message, go back and listen to it. We talked about, <clears throat> we talked about Ruth and Naomi last week. And Ruth's commitment and her connection to Naomi that was in her heart. If you, I don't have time to get in that today. And, and then I just touched on for a moment uh, David and Jonathan. I want to end today just reading that same passage that I talked about last week concerning David and Jonathan. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 1 and verse 3 and 4. Um, <clears throat> in verse 1 of 1 Samuel 18. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And at this point, um, David's just come back from the defeating of Goliath. Um, I mean, people are stirred up. The, the women in the street are singing a new song. They, uh, Saul killed his thousands, and David killed his tens of thousands. And it sent Saul into a raging fit because they were acknowledging what David had done in a greater way than what Saul had done. And it says, Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. He loved him as himself. Like, he, like the Scripture says in the New Testament, we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And that's the way Jonathan loved David. And Jonathan took off the robe representing the righteousness of God that was on him and he gave it to David. And with his armor, even his sword, and we know that the sword represents the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and his bow and his belt. What, what, what Jonathan said to him was this, in the covenant that they made, everything that's mine is yours. And David's saying, everything that's yours is mine. There was a covenant connection between these two 
that was supernatural. And if you go back and you read the story about, about all of Jonathan's family, his dad was King Saul. And if you go back and read about uh, the story about them, you know, Saul was, Saul was jealous. He, he was angry with David. He loved David. And, and he knew that his son did, and he knew that his daughter, his daughter Michael, she loved him the same way and, uh, and became his wife. But it angered him, and in his anger and his frustration, and, and, I, and I'm using this story and this situation with Jonathan and David to say this, that if you consider Saul being the leader and you consider that whole situation like the world of the church, so many, so many times leaders get jealous of other people. They get mad with other people. They get frustrated with other people. As leaders... As a leader, as an under-shepherd of this body, I have a responsibility to live my life where I want to see you prosper and you advance more than I want to see myself. All Saul wanted was for everything to be about himself. You can't advance, you can't get connected when from the head down, it's all about me. We live in a nation today <clears throat> where the people of this nation, I believe, the people of this nation, or about one another. I believe the government at the moment of this nation is about themselves. And not all the government, but from the head down. The government is about themselves, and what that creates is great confusion. And it creates great strife and division. And it creates, it creates instead of a connection, a separation, a dividing of the people. And you see that throughout our nation today. We have a responsibility to not live in judgment over other people's lives from, from our government on down, not to live in judgment over them, but to do the truth. We're to do as Jonathan did for David. What did he give him? His robe of righteousness. He gave him his, um, his armor. When we think of the armor of God, we think of all the parts of the armor, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the, our loins gird with the, with, with the truth of God's Word, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What He gave him was everything that he had. And we've got to be filled up and we've got to be connected and we've got to be established in the things of God so that we can give that to other people and we can be difference makers instead of just part of the problem. When you become, as you listen, if you've listened to any of my series on the mercy of God and the judgment of God, if you've listened to any of that, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. But God said over and over and over again, judge not lest you be judged. Do not judge other people. You can have opinions about things, and you'll, you'll have judgment about things, but don't pass judgment. Don't be judge and jury about situations in life that you're not a good judge of. Spend your time developing your relationship with God. That doesn't mean stick your head in the sand and do nothing. That means, as Jesus did, the head of the church, what did He do? Only what Father said. Only what Father said. In, uh, what's the new series of the? Chosen, chosen yeah. <clears throat> I always think the Passion of the Christ. But the Chosen, how, how many watch the Chosen? Well, if you haven't watched the Chosen, you're missing it. You need to go and it's free. 
I mean, give an offering, but it's free. But in The Chosen, what, the reason I like it so much is because it gives you some time with understanding it, and at least from their perspective, of what it was like with Jesus and his disciples. They got so frustrated with him at times because he didn't do things that it looked like he should have done, right? So many times he didn't do things that it looked like should have been done. Why? Because he only did what Father said. He didn't do what it looked like was the best thing to do. And that's the way it is with us. And that's the way it is in the world in which we're living in right now. We can't be people. We're not good judges. We've got to be following him who is the true judge. And his judgment's already been laid out. And when people do things that go contrary to what his word says, then they're going to come up against the judgment that's already been laid. You reap what you sow. And you don't need on one, on, on one side of the coin to be sowing bad seed thinking you're doing what's right. And other people on the other side of the coin, so in bad thing, them thinking they're doing right, we need to do what's right. Not thinking about what's right, we need to be doing what is right. And today, in my message, I'm encouraging you that the way to know how to do right is to walk in redemptive revelation from God. And redemptive revelation from God comes from being connected to the house, which is the church, which is his body in the earth. Can you say amen to that? Last verse, 1 Corinthians 1.10, and I'll end with this. Now I plead with you, brethren, <clears throat> I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind, and in the same judgment. <laughs> Whoa. How in the heck do we do that? You do that by believing in whom preaches the word. And if you believe in the one, if you believe, if you believe that I'm bringing the word from God, if you believe that. You're not believing that everything that I say is, is the truth and, and I'm God himself. No, I didn't say that even, even a little bit. I'd be stupid to even think that. But the anointing on the fivefold ministry mantle of a pastor that's on my life, if you believe that I'm hearing from God and that I'm bringing messages, and you take the word that you hear preached, and you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you, to show you that it is absolute truth what's being said, then that's how we become one mind and one spirit. You let God do all the fitting together. You and I are not good at trying to set up a puzzle and put all the pieces together. I don't know about you, but you, know, you get those puzzles with the little bitty small pieces and there's you know, 20,000 of them in there. I mean, I'm going, no, I'm not good at that. But man, he can fit the thing all together. He'll get all of us thinking the same way. He'll get somebody that doesn't even believe exactly the way that I do. And we'll get on the same page. And he, you know what? He's taught me to do that. So I have Baptist friends. I've got Methodist friends. I've got Catholic friends. I've got 
Pentecostal friends. I've got this friend and that friend. I've got all kinds of friends. I've got Jehovah Witness friends. I've got Jehovah Witness people that just love me. And when you tell them that you're a, you're a, a witness of Jehovah the same way, and you let them know that, then it opens a door. They think you're part of, you know, their little group, but you're talking about Jehovah. That's my God, right? Is that your God, Jehovah? So they're witnesses of Jehovah, so I'm a Jehovah witness, right? And so I can step into a world and little by little give them what they need. I'm telling you, God can fit this thing together, and He's doing it. If we'll, if, if we'll get out of the way and let Him do it by submitting and being connected and knowing in what we believe in, it's amazing how He can get things done. And He'll use you to get it done. Not maybe the way you think He's going to use you. It's the greatest day to be alive in the history of the world right now. But the key to it is our connection. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.